I want to talk about passion, and specifically a burning passion for the Lord. In Luke chapter 24, we read a story about Jesus and some of his disciples. You see, at this time, Jesus has already been crucified. He's already been put in the tomb. And some of the ladies say that when they went to the tomb, an angel told them, he's been risen. He's risen from the tomb. But the disciples aren't so sure about this, but they are really talking about it. And two of the disciples are headed down the road. And they're walking and they're talking with one another about everything that's taken place, probably hoping what the lady said was true. But as they're talking, someone joins them. And it's Jesus, but they don't recognize him. They don't recognize him to see him, and they don't recognize his voice. Because he comes alongside them, he says, oh, what are you guys talking about? They don't recognize him. Instead, they look at him and they go, what do you mean, what are we talking about? Where are you from? Haven't you heard what's going on? Of course he has. But he lets them talk and they explain about the things that have been taking place and how Jesus was crucified. And he then begins to tell them about all the scriptures that say this is what had to happen. And yet they still don't know who he is. But as they're walking, it's getting later, and they make camp, they get a fire going, and Jesus is going to continue on, but they tell him, no, 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 stay with us. You know, it's getting late now. In those days, taking a walk in the dark was not always safe, especially by yourself. So they said, oh, no, just stay with us. And as they're there, they decide they're going to eat, and I want to pick up the story there, Luke 24 and verse 30. It says, as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. Suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. And at that moment he disappeared. Then they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. And there they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them. I want to look today at the portion here of our hearts burned within us. I want to talk today about a burning passion for the Lord in the heart and life of a believer. You see, they felt something even though they didn't recognize him. There was something deep in them that burned for Jesus. So what is a burning passion? You might ask, what, what, what is that? I'm going to define it like this. It is a strong love or desire for someone or something that consumes you and causes you to act a certain way. Now today, as we go through this message, I'm going to use some natural uh, implications to help explain the spiritual. Because we can understand some of those, the passion between a husband and wife or the passion of a young person in love with their girlfriend or their boyfriend. We get that. And so I'm going to use some of those as we go to define the burning passion. But I am going to focus today on a burning passion for the Lord. And we're going to get serious and I'm going to ask you some real questions about your passion. I want you to look at your own heart and life as we go through this message today. Jesus defined it a little bit like this. 
Look at Mark chapter 12 and verse 29 with me. Jesus replied, the most important commandment is this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. And in the book of Matthew, it's worded a little different. I want to read from there. Matthew 22 and 37. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then he says these words. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. In other words, Jesus is saying this book, what it's all about, is having a burning passion for the Lord. With all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Folks, that's everything you've got. He didn't miss anything. He didn't leave anything out. All of it, you should love him. You see, love is a good word for passion. And I've got to ask the question, and I'll be asking it as we go through. How's your passion? How is your passion? Is it burning? Is the fire still there? When you have a burning passion for something, it means you live for that thing you're passionate about. It's what you think about, plan for, and take action on. When people are passionate about something, they put other things aside and they go after it. Maybe you know someone who's passionate about hockey. Someone who's passionate about hockey, they, spend, they get up at 5 in the morning so they can go to practice. Often. And they go to the games all weekend. They drive many miles. If you live in Slave Lake and you're on a team that plays, you're going to go really far to get to other places for tournaments. They're passionate about something. And it gives them a reason to get up early and to do things. Maybe you know somebody who's passionate about video games, online gaming. These are examples we can understand. That's okay. I'm not saying games are wrong. I'm helping you understand what happens to a person who is very passionate about gaming. They game all night. They sleep all day. When they wake up, they are ready to game again. There's truly a passion, though. Now, for you and I, having a passion for the Lord is something far greater because it is eternal. You see, the passion for gaming, well, you're going to win a few games. You might even get your name high in the ranks. Maybe if you game, you know, 14 hours a day, you'll get way up there. But somebody else will eventually beat you. And, you know, eventually nobody will remember who you are. Talk about passion for gaming. We were on a father-son uh, event, rite of passage it was called. We did this actually, my son and I, last weekend. That's why we weren't here. But while we were there, we were chatting with a guy. And he had his son with him, and he was talking with my son. He said, I used to really be into gaming, like really into gaming. He said, uh, 12 hours a day I would game. He said, I had a chair and a screen. He said, and then I met my girlfriend who was going to be my wife. We had dual screens and we sat in chairs and played all day. And he said, yet yeah, my son here, he said, this is my son. Uh, I actually named him after my character in such and such game. I was like, man, that's crazy. And he said, oh, yeah, I have a daughter, too. 
We named her after my wife's character in the game. We're talking extreme passion for something. Now he told us, yeah, that was before I was saved and God got a hold of me and I don't game like that anymore. He said, I still like gaming, but it's only two or three hours a week. But church, what a passion. Do you and I have that kind of passion for the Lord? Because we should. And I remember when I first met my wife, well, she wasn't my wife when I met her, but when I first met Beatrice, many, many years ago, we've been married 25 years now, and I remember after praying and feeling, you know, I, I really think that this is the girl I'm supposed to marry, so I'm going to need to ask her out. I'm going to ask her to be my girlfriend. And I was actually traveling with her family at the time, and they had a suburban, an old suburban, and uh, I thought, okay, this, I'm going to ask her. And I talked with her, with everybody else there, and I said, here, I want to know if you will be my girlfriend. I said, but I don't just want a girlfriend. I'm looking at this, that it will lead to marriage. So don't say yes if you just, you know, want a boyfriend, but you're not thinking of getting married. Well, she said yes. And uh, I remember I actually gave her a pocket watch because I found out she liked pocket watches and I had it in my pocket. If she'd said no, I wouldn't have given it to her. But anyways, she said yes. So I gave it to her. And we were traveling for a bit after that and I got really, really sick. And I remember we were driving and, you know, they'd stop so I could throw up and then they didn't stop and roll down the window and while we're driving, the father-in-law's driving, or he wasn't the father-in-law yet, but my wife's dad, and uh, he's kind of chuckling to himself, and then he says something in Cree to everybody in the vehicle, and I didn't speak Cree, but he tells them all, he's lovesick, and he's laughing. They're all laughing. So apparently, I was lovesick. But I can tell you this, there was a passion. I wanted to spend all my time with her. I wanted to talk with her for hours and hours. I wanted to know more about her. I wanted to teach her how to play a song just so I could be with her. But there was a burning passion. Church, how many of you remember when you first came to Christ? When he first got a hold of your heart and life? There was a passion there, wasn't there? You probably told him, I'll do anything you want, Jesus. I'll even go all the way across the world and live in a hut if you want me to. You were passionate, but for some of us, the passion may have waned. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Jeremiah chapter 20, we read about a prophet named Jeremiah and his situation of the burning passion. Now, when you read about Jeremiah, there's an entire book called Lamentations where Jeremiah kind of complains about everything. <laughs> Jeremiah could have used some counseling for depression, I think. But anyhow, he was a prophet. Jeremiah 20 and verse 7 says this. Jeremiah's talking to God. He says, oh Lord, you misled me and I allowed myself to be misled. You're stronger than I am and you overpowered me. Now I'm mocked every day. Everyone laughs at me. When I speak, the words burst out, violence and destruction, I shout. So these messages from the Lord have made me a household joke. But if I say I'll never mention the Lord or speak in his name, his words burn in my heart like a fire. It is a, like a fire in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in. 
I can't do it. You see, when there's a true burning passion within you, you can't do nothing. You must get up and do what you've been called to do. In church, no matter what's happening or what's going on in your world, when that burning passion is there, you cannot fail. And for Jeremiah, he didn't really like it too much. But he did give the word of God, and it's written for us today. And his words that were spoken were to draw people back to God. And if they would repent, those things would not need to happen. But unfortunately, sometimes people lose their passion. They get in a season or a place where they no longer care. They were once burning and they got up early. They wanted to be at every service there was. They wanted to be where God's presence was. They wanted to be in worship. They wanted to go somewhere so they could find someone and pray for them. But somehow, over time, they're like, oh, I got too much to do. I, I'm tired. I'd rather do something else. So how do people lose their passion? There's a couple of ways, and I'm really going to just look at two that Scripture brings out because they're kind of actually the same. It's really, really simple. Number one way to lose your passion Get overwhelmed with the cares of the world. Mark 4, 18. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. I need to just back up, give you a little context. Jesus is explaining a parable to his followers of a story or a parable he just shared where somebody was throwing out seeds, some hit the rocky ground, some went among thorns, some went on the path, and then some fell in good ground. And he says... Some of those plants rose up, then they died, and now he's explaining it. And at this portion that I'm reading, he's explaining about the seed that fell among thorns. It says, now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things entering in choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Church... The quickest way to lose your passion for the Lord is to fill yourself up with everything else. Just work more, uh, do more sports, spend more time on YouTube. None of these things are wrong, but if you fill yourself with them, you will not have time for Christ. You will not have time to allow that passion to continue to burn. And there is nothing worse than a believer who has lost their passion. You know, unfortunately, it happens from time to time, and I have seen it over the years. And the terrible thing is often when a believer loses their passion, rather than admit they need to do something, they start getting angry at everybody else. What are you changing that for? How come you're doing that? And suddenly, things become more about them than about Christ or what he's doing. There's another scripture, and I believe it's somewhat connected, maybe even the same about how you lose your passion. And it's in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 2. And Jesus here is speaking. John is getting revelation, but it's Jesus speaking. And he says, I know your works, the la your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. You've tested those who say they're apostles and are not, and have found them liars. 
And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. He's saying you've done a lot of good things. Nevertheless, I have this against you. You have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you've fallen. Repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you and quickly remove your lampstand from its place, unless you repent. Now, Jesus is actually talking here to an entire church, the church of Ephesus. And he's saying to them, you know, you guys are still doing the actions well. You're still not happy with evil. That's good. You're still continuing on. But he said, there's a problem. You're continuing on with no passion. Ouch. The fire inside has died. You just came because it's what you do. You just did that because it's what you always do. You did your morning devotion. That's great, but did you even know you were talking to me? You read your Bible, but you just were trying to get that portion done because you're going through it for the year. These are all good things, but without passion, Christ wasn't okay with it. Remember what Jesus said to Peter before he was going to go, Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Peter, do you love me? You see, this walk with Christ is not about religious duty. It's about relationship. And when you lose your passion, you allow a relationship to die. Let me speak to couples for just a minute. Because you can understand this. You want your relationship to be passionate and alive? Then you're going to have to spend time with each other. You're going to have to let some things go. So how do I know if I've lost my passion? You know, this is a question pastors have to ask themselves too. This is for me as much as for you. How do I know if I've lost my passion? It's simple. Do you still care about the lost people who are on their way to hell? I believe that is the number one way you can know. If you no longer care, your fire is out. Because that is the core of what Christ came to do. It is the core and the burning desire that he has to see a lost world saved. And if you no longer care, you've lost your passion. It's that simple. If suddenly life has become all about me and my comfort and what I like and what I want, your passion has burned out. So church, let me ask you this question very bluntly. Has your fire gone out? Are you excited about being a part of what God is doing at your church and in your community? Or do you no longer care? Let me ask again, has your fire gone out? How many like sitting around a campfire? You like sitting around a campfire, getting the wood in there, watching it burn, it crackles. Well, if you've been around a campfire, what happens when you pull a log out and set it by itself? It goes out every single time. You can hold the end of a stick and put it in the fire. When it's right there in the fire with the other logs, what happens? It lights up. When you pull it out, it goes out. I want to give you a key to making sure your passion burns once again. And we're going to move to that right now. Well, if my passion is lower, I feel like the fire might have gone out. How do I get it back? We're going to finish up with that today. And I want to say this. Do not let yourself become secluded off on your own. That is a sure sign, by the way, that passion has gone out. If you've decided, I'm just going to stay home and do my own thing because people are just too difficult, your passion has gone out. 
Because I can tell you this, you're not going to see any lost people saved while you sit in your living room in your own secluded place with a wall up. You're like, well, I can invite people to my living room and get them saved. Well, then do it. I found out people don't do that. So how do I get it back? I'm glad you asked. Or you know some of you have it, but maybe you feel like I want it to burn a little brighter. This is how you do it. It's also simple. Scripture says this in Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. You want your passion to burn bright? You have got to put God back as number one. You have got to put him where he belongs. He is supposed to be the one, he says, put no other gods before me. You can't have passion if work has become your God. You can't have passion for him if you put anything above him. Where is he on your list? Well, I'll spend time with God if I don't work, if my, na- uh, my friends don't call me, I'll spend time with God, you know, only if, um, you know, they're not having a big game on TV. Whoa, 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 how can we so far down on your list? Put him back on top. But he says here, lay aside every weight. What does that mean to you? Lay aside every weight and the sin that easily besets. He is talking right here about things that stop people from running. Because he's likening your walk with Christ as a race. And he said, these are the things that will make you fail in your race. Too much weight or the sin that easily trips you up. So he says, these are things you need to deal with if you want to have passion and you want to win the race. So laying aside weight means this. You're going to need to spend time with him if you want your passion to burn, just like a natural relationship. No time, no passion. What you spend your time on is what you will be passionate about. Some people say, well, I'm passionate, that's why I spend my time. doesn't matter, it works both ways. You might have a passion that ignites it, then you spend time and it grows. Or you spend time and it grows. I tell couples this all the time. If you feel like you don't love each other anymore, get together, do the actions, the love will return every single time. Because what you spend your time on, you become passionate about. You're going to have to let some things go to make time for him. That simple. We live busy lives here. In the West, we are always busy. I can remember a season thinking, I am so busy. I just don't have time for anything. But you know what? We all know our phones will tell us how many hours we've spent on them on average per day. What? No wonder I don't have time for anything. How many hours of screen time per day on average? Okay, don't tell me you don't have time. Make time. I'm going to encourage some of you, if you like scheduling, then you schedule God back into your life. And where you've scheduled him, nothing else can be put. As a pastor, a number of years ago, I actually had to do this. I would get to work, and I would just get onto the paperwork and the phone calls, and all of a sudden, people would come to my office, and they're like, oh, we're here for our meeting. Well, I forgot to check my calendar. I didn't tell them that, but I wasn't ready for the meeting. But also, I was forgetting to even begin my day with prayer. It was just go, go, go. I scheduled my schedule, and I have a schedule now. It's like a checklist for the days. And it's the things I want to accomplish. The first two things on my schedule are this. Pray. 
you're like, a pastor has to put that on his schedule? Yeah. Because if you don't schedule him in, something else will take his spot. The second thing on my schedule, check your phone calendar. But prayer, spending time with God should be number one. And if you have to schedule it in, schedule it in. Someone calls me, oh, I want to meet at this time. If that's my prayer time, I'll say, well, sorry, that time doesn't work. But let me schedule you in here. Schedule them in. We need to to diligently seek him or pursue him again if we want our passion to stir like it used to. Diligently seek him, Hebrews 11, 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When you first met your partner, for those of you who are couples, you pursued them. You called them up. I'm guaranteed you called her a couple times. You probably tried to look really cool, got your hair. You went after her. You pursued her. Well, don't stop. If you want the passion to be there, you continue to pursue. You continue to be diligent about it. It's the same with your Heavenly Father. It's the same with Christ. Take time. Pray and spend time in His Word. Jude 1 and verse 20 says, You, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. And I'm just going to couple that with Luke 24. It's Jesus talking. He says, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. This is pretty key to you and I having a passion as believers, and it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was given for you and I, and I believe it is one of the main ways that we keep our passion there. If you've been filled with the Holy Spirit and you pray in tongues, you need to do that often. Let that gift stir up in you. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Now, often when we think of the Holy Spirit, we talk about the uh, power and we talk about the tongues and it's just amazing. But you know, there's something significant about when Jesus baptized with the Holy Spirit. Something very significant. And we sometimes just forget about it. You see, when John the Baptist saw Jesus in Luke chapter 3, he said this about him. He said, I indeed baptize you with water, but there is one mightier than I who's coming, whose sandal straps I'm not worthy to loose, and he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. We forget the fire part. What is that about anyhow? The fire. When they were first baptized that first baptism we read about there was actually visual visible tongues of fire that sat on their heads but that was a visible demonstration of something that happened inside church the holy spirit wants to fill you with a passion a burning fire that cannot be quenched and if you have not been spending time with holy spirit your passion will be low get in a place Pray in tongues, allow the fire to burn. Get with other people who are filled up with the Holy Spirit and pray with them. Let the fire burn again. And remember, every time you ask His presence to come in, you're also asking for fire. If you've ever played sports, whether you've played, I know some here have, maybe uh, we have a gentleman in the back used to box all the time. Well, there has to be some type of fire inside for you to win. There's this passion to persevere, to 
go forward like never before and you don't stop. But if the passion leaves, the fighter quits. If the passion leaves, they no longer want to get in the ring. It's no fun. Church, do you have that kind of passion for the Lord? Well, the first time you get rubbed the wrong way, are you out of there? Yeah, I'm done. The preacher said something I didn't like. I'm not going back. I'm going to check out a different church. I just don't like how he does that. I'm going to the other church, and a month in, oh, they said something I don't like again. I'm going to the other church. Oh, boy. Where's your passion? Well, I would serve God all the way, but I don't know. It's kind of tough. Let him stir the fire in you once again. Did you know that when you burn for God, you attract others to him? When that fire is alive in you, you will attract others around you to him. They will want to know, how come you're so happy? Aren't we all supposed to be afraid of the next big whatever is supposed to come? No, we're not. Why are you so joyful? Because the fire inside you, the Holy Spirit, let him burn, let him fill you like never before. He wants to and he will. And finally, we need to get in his word. This is my last scripture this morning and we're going to wrap up. Psalm chapter 1 and verse 1. And I'm reading in the NLT. It says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. Church, this is not specifically speaking of fire, but it is speaking of life that causes there to be fruit and growth no matter what. And I believe it's the same. The life that the Holy Spirit wants to give you. A burning passion that causes you to act and to grow and to go. When you spend time with God, the very one who said he is love, when you spend time with him, you can know that you will have a passion. The more time you spend with him, the greater your passion will be. There's no way around it. I'm going to move into praying for you as a group, but before I do, I want to say this, church. I made a pretty bold statement earlier that you know your passion is gone when you no longer care about the lost. So I'm going to challenge you. I challenged the Saturday night service. I'm going to challenge you as well. This week, I want you to miss one meal, and in place of that meal, I want you to pray for the lost. Because I can guarantee if I ask when's the last time you've done that, we're all going to be like, I don't remember. But if we truly care for the lost, so I want you to miss one meal, you're going to fast that meal, but during that time, you're going to pray that God would bring in unsaved people to his kingdom. Obviously, I'm not going to force anybody, but I'm putting the challenge out, and I'm asking you to do it. Right where you're seated, I'm going to ask God to fill you with his burning passion once again. Lord, I thank you for this congregation this morning. I thank you for their... Uh, willingness to get up early and come out to hear your word and to worship. And Holy Spirit, I pray you would ignite the fire once again. If it's burning low, we say, cause it to burn bright again. Lord, let this be a church on fire. 
a church that has a burning passion for you. And Holy Spirit, we ask you to come and ignite us. I'm going to ask you guys to repeat after me now for the remainder of the prayer. And what I'm going to ask is for anybody who has not been filled with the Holy Spirit or who is asking for a refreshing, repeat this after me. So let's do it together for those who may have not done this. Say, Lord Jesus, I ask you now, fill me with your Holy Spirit and your fire. Cause me to burn bright and let that fire never go out. Amen.